This episode is brought to you by our Patreon supporters. Become a patron today at patreon.com forward slash into the portal. You're about to enter into a new world of knowledge, curiosities, and high strangeness. This is a podcast of Straight Up Strange Productions. into the portal. I'm Amber Ray. And I'm Andrew McKay. And we're back with all new Film Friday. Yeah. Late release, but you know, it's still... It's still Friday. Better than ever. <laughs> it's still technically Friday. <laughs> I mean, not for a lot of our listeners, it's not, probably. Really? Oh, I guess if you're in Australia or around the world, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But anyway, what's up, guys? <laughs> BC, it is 8.26 p.m. Nice mm. and early. Still, still, still bright outside. Yep. We're good. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I'm... Oh, man, I'm... Uh, I'm a little bit frazzled here because like we're talking about a movie tonight that I didn't expect to love as much as I did. Like I knew I'd like it because I love monster movies, Mm -hmm. but we're talking about Kong Skull Island 2017 release. I loved this movie. I I'm like monster movies. Like this is up there for me. We've been obsessing over this one. A little bit. We just kind of haphazardly encountered it. Which is weird, right? Like how did we miss that? I don't know. Oh, we missed it know. in theaters. We missed it in, uh, oh, I don't even know. In all regards, hey, we were just totally unaware. Well, but even like our brother, like brother, my brother-in-law, Jeremy, was like, you know, he had seen it and was like, really? I was talking to him today and he was oh. like, you, what? Like, you guys hadn't seen that movie? I huh. love that movie. I was like, yeah, Jared, that's dope. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, where so, do you want to kick this off? Well, um, just a general idea of where this movie, like, we have an all-star cast here. It was directed by Jordan Voight Roberts. Had mm-hmm. a budget of $566.7 million. Damn, that's... Or, a- sorry, sorry, sorry. That's what it grossed in the box yeah, office. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds yeah, more yeah. Right. No, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. The actual budget was $185 million. Not so. chump change. No, no. And it actually had nomination for Best uh, Award for Visual Effects here. I'm just looking at some random Well, stats. that is not a surprise whatsoever. No, they did a really good job with that, especially the fight scenes and all the action sequences. Amazing work. That's what won it over for me, and we're going to yeah. get into that as we roll through this episode here. But yeah, fight sequences were way different than, say, for example, Godzilla King of the Monsters, Mm -hmm. which we have some comparisons to for sure. Oh, for sure. And then you get, like like I said before, like an all-star cast. We've got Loki from like the Thor series. We've got obviously Samuel Jackson. Yeah, and he's uh, the classic. He has some classic Samuel lines like, bitch, Mm -hmm. please. Like... (laughs) John C. Riley too. That was awesome. Yeah, John C. Riley. He added a lot to this movie. Yeah, like, it was that added so much depth to the plot. Yeah, it did. I love that opening sequence where it was him basically crash landing on this remote, un, uh, supposedly uninhabited, unmapped island. That's right. Along with his foe, only to become lifelong friends and and try and get their way out, only to be rescued by this team. That so spoiler alert, everyone, as you all know, with Film well, Fridays, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, let's get into maybe the start of this movie and. It, yeah. kind of kicks off right 
as the Vietnam War is ending. Right. And we get scenes of Washington. We also have John Goodman in this movie. Oh, awesome. Who was great. He kind of makes the, the statement, oh, Washington will never be more screwed up than it is right now, which is kind of funny. Oh, of course. <laughs> it's me. totally a little... A little, a little jab. Of course. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of kicks off with Monarch, which yeah. is cool, right? Because we had that in Godzilla. We're familiar with Monarch. Monsters. That's right. So they specialize in, and he has that classic line later in the movie, right? Like, we specialize in the hunt for massive unidentified terrestrial organisms. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. I would love to be a part of that organization if it was a real organization. Maybe <laughs> it is. We don't know. Um, yeah, no. So, I mean, like. I ex- yeah, and there was the I can't remember the name of the actor who plays the senator too. He's from oh, Step Brothers yeah. and and all that kind of stuff. He's in tons of movies, so but uh, and he's hesitant to give them funding. He's hesitant to let them go. And then the oh man, Bro- uh, Brooks is it Brooks the the other side the geologist? He yeah. says to him, he's like, there's a there's a land map, a landsat mission, right? Like a, a mapping mission. We can piggyback on it. Perfect perfect window to go. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just like obviously the classic like hesitancy from the american government to fund anything like that yeah and they're sort of swayed over by yeah he makes that convincing argument the russians it's the russians right them or us three days you got a window so let's let's take it and then it jumps over to samuel and his team over in uh the thick of where the war is closing up over in vietnam Mm -hmm. samuel you kind of find him at a bit of a loss, hey? Like, he's looking at his medals. He's pretty forlorn. He's like, what was it all for, essentially? He makes a statement. I'm forgetting the name. Uh, Colonel... Um... Oh, his his second-hand man there? Oh, his name... Oh, my gosh, it's so coming Cha- up. Jack Chaplin. Chaplin. Jack Chaplin is yeah. his second-hand man. And then what is um, Samuel L. Jackson's character's name again? It's Colonel... Uh... Oh, I'm going to say Colonel Sanders. It's not <laughs> Colonel Sanders. Oh, I oh, totally man. know it, we'll, but... We'll pull it up in a sec. But... Um... Your point? <laughs> <laughs> I lost my train of thought there a little bit. Forget wow. it. Forget it. I'll come back around to it. Well, it just starts off with this team, right? You can see they're really tight knit. They're right. about to go home. They're stoked. <sighs> Everyone except for their captain stoked, right? Yeah. And then they get the call. Well, he gets the call and he's he's jacked up on that. He's like, one more mission. Give me my orders. Let's go. Yeah. They tee him up as the classic. Yeah. Um, yeah. And well, and even um, uh, Hindelson's character has that line. Like, well, he's a decorated war hero. That's the package they come in. And that's exactly what he is. He has very he asks chaplain when he comes into the room he's like what you got planned for when you get home or whatever and he's already set up with eastern airlines right and he's looking in his box of medals and being like all this for what and he's got nothing else after the war is basically the Mm -hmm. uh, message exactly so he wants to continue on and that's going to be a theme that sort of pervades the entire movie and and the sequence of what is to come which is really cool but getting back to monarch and all that i thought it was really cool how we had that picked up uh, from the last movie the godzilla right actually no God, God, this, no, no, no. this would have been for us it was picked right, up right. because sorry, we sorry. watched i mean yeah, te- technically we watched from, them in reverse well there but... was the 2014 godzilla too though so that one would have had monarch as well so that was um that was the first godzilla right with um oh the dude from breaking bad mm-hmm. um so that was 2014 so monarch was involved in that right then 2017 kong you had the doctor what was his name um, oh Wata- ken watanabe yeah, plays him yeah exactly uh, yeah. mm-hmm so anyways, we get this whole kind of setup, right? And awesome soundtrack too, just oh, to keep boss. things rolling. Totally. Really great. Just like, you know, the dialogue's awesome. Yeah. And all the characters are, you know, very real seeming. Like, you know, they've all got their motivations and we kind of uncover more and more as, as the movie unfolds. And so now we get, I love this scene where they get the debriefing. 
And they uh, basically, Brooks is up there discussing Skull Island, how it's never been mapped before, it's never been landed on, and how they're going to go about dropping these quote-unquote scientific instruments to measure the ground density and see what they're really dealing with. Mm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Meanwhile, on board the ship of theirs, they've got all this heavy artillery, they've got weapons, heavy explosives, napalm too, like everything. So that's not suspicious at all. Yeah, well, and and Brooks like makes the comment on the on the deck of the ship, being like, "This seems excessive, basically." And uh, yeah, I mean, you'd, you'd think even from the military's perspective that they'd be thinking that, but I guess it's just like whatever. You're already suited up that way. I mean, it just is what it is to them. Better have more guns than not enough. Yeah, and mm-hmm. they didn't have enough. No. So let's get into the whole like. So when they get to the sort of. Um, the location, right? And they're staring down this superstorm system that's just a perpetual motion of of just basically protecting this whole ecosystem within, which is really cool if you think right. about it. And what kind of forces or even like I don't even know, like types of ecological elements are pervading to make that a, a reality, like a constant reality. Totally. You know? Which you, is the reason why it's been this like I'm only visible from the satellite or obviously or whatever, right? Like yeah. there's the mythology and they make that comment too. Like ancient peoples avoided this island for centuries or whatever. Mm-hmm. Not just because of what's on the island, but like what yeah, perpetual storm system. What do you make of that? Do you think that's even remotely I think it just adds a lot of mystique to the plot well obviously (laughs) i would love to believe that that's a possibility you know what i mean like not perpetual but i mean obviously there'd be places where everything's prone to be like bad weather like don't go there Mm -hmm. i guess this is the extreme hollywood version or like the never-ending storm system that just kind of makes its way around the world or like there's been there's been like 20 year storms i think in some points of history like you know just like never ending who knows though but this is definitely uh unprecedented i would say Mm -hmm. like many of the experiences they will have so i kind of let's just jump to that first that first encounter that was epic such a good scene oh so good so like obviously yeah they got the classic uh aussie going um Mm. and uh which was which seems like a bad idea when you're rolling up into a place where you don't know what's there. Like, let's just crank the tunes, but like, whatever. Cranking tunes, dropping um, bombs. Tra- cranking tunes and dropping bombs. Yeah, that <laughs> seems, that's bold. Yeah. Bold decision. I guess it's U.S. military. That's bold. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I, they break it up so well, right? With the palm tree all of a sudden. Oh, out of nowhere. Brilliant. Smashing through the windshield. Cuts right through everything. It's just, and then, and then you get that, that awesome sound effect that they use a lot. It's like this, like, it's kind of like, it reminds me of a nuclear bomb siren kind of thing where it kind of changes pitches and it's really eerie that's exactly and you get the close-up on mason weaver's face the photographer and it's basically a slow motion shot of her just like leaning forward trying to basically understand what the hell she's seeing at that particular moment because basically what they're up against is like looks like a monkey the size of the state or empire state building like it's huge it blots out the sun yeah yeah it's uh that yeah it's just that like how you totally it's got that sort of uh yeah bomb siren rising tension and every single person's face is a different unique like look of what like what the hell is that right Mm -hmm. and um bill randa so john goodman's character the monarch guy oh yeah his face is too just like gaping mouth but that's so cool how they do that class they they switch from the regular like our you know eyeball Mm -hmm. view of it camera footage to like the what camera the camera footage would have looked like like in 19 yeah it's like it's Mm -hmm. like the reminds me of like trailer park boys like sepia tone when in the Mm -hmm. music video for j-rock but like Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's like that totally made that scene for me 
Mm-hmm. Just like a little kind of a retro throwback. And they do that. They employ that throughout the film. It's really effective. I love that too. And eventually, obviously, well, we all know John Goodman's not making it home. He put the wheels in motion and after it kind of just all slips away from him. Yeah. Especially after everyone ends up basically grounded in different parts of the island. Oh, it really frustrates me. Like we've watched this movie about five times since in the last like what, two weeks kind of thing. And every time <laughs> we watch it, I just, I do not understand the prerogative to just go ahead and attack this thing. Maybe you should retreat regroup do some reconnaissance maybe set a tracker on that thing like you know get a dart on it so you know where it is at all times maybe be a little less brash but of course we get the just like full-on full frontal attack aggressive to the nines kind of Mm -hmm. you know offensive right which doesn't really work in the scenario here no and i just love the way that kong just like rips them to shreds like everything like he's so dominant even when the blades of the helicopter go through his like his shoulder area or his like arm yeah he's just not even faced he's like he just grabs it like it's a little toy and just like you know just tucks it away it's yeah. like what the like what do you guys totally what do you think you're gonna accomplish right and he's kind of he's kind of hurting from it a little bit later little to bit. show his human like the human side exactly like he's vulnerable still but right. he's not invincible but i just love that we get the the classic knuckle um <clears throat> the knuckle like fist Clench. like you know just clenching yeah. and we'll we'll see that repeated again in the final and uh, the climax of the movie too by Samuel. One of the many climaxes. Mm, right? Many, many, yeah. And I think they do try and draw a few parallels between Kong and uh, Samuel's character. Like, because they're both kind of alone, right? Which is uh, Cur- Cur- Colonel Picard, by the way. Colonel Picard? Yeah, Preston Picard. I guess they only call him Colonel, really, in the movie. It yeah. doesn't even sound Picard. They say Packard. Colonel Packard. Packard. Yeah. yeah. Just like that's Todd it. Packard. We should, yeah, that'll Packard. be easy to remember. That makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So then, so basically, yeah, Kong obviously de- just decimates their entire fleet of choppers, which you and I counted, I think, to be what, like 11 when they came off the ship or something like that? It was over a dozen. Yeah. And, uh, and I love that part where he, because he's not being aggressive. Like, yeah, he hucks a tree through it, the first one, because he's like, you guys stop doing what you're doing because mm-hmm. you're blowing holes in my my house here. Yeah. Not but, to mention you're waking up things that he doesn't want awakened. Of course. And they don't know that yet. No. But he just does that classic like Superman punch of the chopper. Like his first attack on a chopper. He's just finally like had enough. He's kind of looking around and he's just like, screw it. And just like jumps and just does this huge Superman punch and straight into the ground. Pretty epic. Awesome. So everyone's scattered. Every single chopper's down. Yeah. Which is kind of wild. Nobody, if, if nobody you're alive, flew away. You're lucky. Right. They yeah. lost almost everybody. So they're kind of like moseying around. Do you want to get to the part where we find we run into uh, John C. Riley? Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> this gets this this makes the plot that much more interesting. We mm-hmm. get a lot of the history of the island, the peoples themselves. Yeah. And the Ely, as they're called, or. Ely? E- Ely or Ewe? Ewe? Ewe, I think. Ewe. Yeah. Oh, okay. The Ewe people. Yeah. And it's just really interesting how John C. Riley, like, he says, like, you know, like, they're past all this. They're past crime. They're past property. They're past everything that kind of basically consumes us in Western civilization. Completely different, yeah. Very different. Very much a part in tune with nature, right? Because they, as the whole crew, like Mason Weaver and, oh my gosh, what's his name? The, the survivalist guy. 
He is. Let me pull it up. Yeah. Anyways, that sort of crew, they end up just basically being entrapped by them all. Yeah. James Conrad. Yeah. uh, Played by Tom Hendelson. Yeah. mm -hmm. He did a great job too. Oh, so good. Every, every, every member of the cast was awesome. So yeah, John C. Riley plays and he's like, yeah, Lieutenant Hank Marlowe of the 45th, right? So he's been there for Mm -hmm. almost 29 years. Wow. Can you imagine that? It's so funny when he's like, oh, do we win the war? And the guy's like, well, which war are you talking about? Yeah. (laughs) There was Korea. There was uh, Vietnam. (laughs) I wonder if there was there another one in there too. I don't even know. Well, no, uh, Korea would. Have, yeah, yeah. Korea no, was in the sixties. What fifties? Uh, I think. Anyway, I thought Korea was in the sixties. Anyways, whatever. I don't know. Uh, yeah. I don't know. But um, I love the the ship hall that they go into. How that's like basically sacred grounds. Yeah. And all the paintings and the history and like how this civilization was basically shrouded in fear for their genesis up until the time of Kong. And how Kong is their savior. And I love that, how they, um, he's king, right, of the island. They're just his guests is how, uh, what's the name? Hank, Hank Marlowe. Yeah, Hank, he refers to them. Yeah. I love that because it's like it, it places order into the chaos of what's happening, right? And, and just how far dislocated this reality is from the rest of the world, hey? Yeah. And that was, and to- oh, totally. And of course, you brought it up just now, like that, that was the... What first or was it the first, but one of the many classic tropes of King Kong that they bring up in this movie, right? King, he's yeah. king around here. They he's had king, they had yeah. to give him that title, right? Exactly. You um, know what's interesting about that too, because obviously he's been referred to as King Kong since the genesis of the character, right? Yes. Back in the thirties when they first came out with that movie. They wanted to call that movie just Kong, but the the producers and, and the like the movie studio and everything, they thought it was too Asian sounding. So really? they had to put King in front of it, or they were, they had a few alternate names too. But they basically, yeah. Just, well, that's not know. surprising, I suppose. Yeah, kind of dumb. Yeah, it would have well, been cool if it was just Kong. Hey, well, we got it now, Kong yeah, Skull exactly. Island, which is a pretty badass name. Totally. Um, yeah, and there's a few other other um, moments like that that we'll mention in a second here too. But I mean, obviously, it's so awesome when they meet Hank. Hank, and he comes up. Everybody, keep your wigs on now. Like I love that. Just so classic, yeah, yeah. right? It diffuses. The yeah, and then he says, and then he makes that comment to um, what's his name to uh, Victor Neves, who's who's the the actual map, the guy who gets carried away by the pterosaurs oh, at yeah. the at the end, near the end, and he's like, "Are you talking or am I talking?" He's like. You're talking right now. He's like, your lips are moving. <laughs> I, can't mm-hmm. t- I can't tell if I'm t- talking right now or not. I'm going to stab you by the end of the night. Could <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you imagine being alone for that long? Yeah. And be really those, weird. Those people, obviously, that you, we don't talk. So right. people are very much, he says. Mm-hmm. They don't even smile. They don't do much of anything. So that would have been very lonely. Yeah. And then your only other friend only speaks Japanese, I would imagine. Well, I mean, obviously they found a way to communicate enough to build, build, uh, they spent six years, he makes the comment, building that, uh, uh, Gunpei was his name, mm, him, yeah. him and Gunpei. And they salvaged the parts from his B-51, I think is what, he, or P-51 or B-51, P-51, B, and then his old Zero. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not familiar with like, um, Japanese, mm. uh, World War II aircraft, but that's just so cool to be able to like that. Yeah. Anyway, it's a cool totally. idea. I know. Yeah. Well, there's another thing. So another major aspect of this movie was the hollow earth theory. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's worth yeah, mentioning, obviously. Definitely. That's definitely up in our neck of the woods and weirdness. Yeah. And we kind of mentioned it loosely in our last episode, too. And that was actually because of this movie. We had just watched this movie. Totally. Yeah. Um, but they basically 
a lot of you are familiar with it. We mentioned it a little bit, like I just said before. So it's like, there's multiple versions of it. Some of them are absolutely crackpot crazy. What I liked about this movie was that they kind of, they, they dialed it back a little bit. So they're, they're dropping these, um, these charges to map the subsurface and they make the comedies like the bedrock. It's practically hollow. Not like it's like this never-ending cavernous abyss beneath them. There's just these the the, 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 sub, the exact just subsurfaces. Exactly, hot. and then he mentions there's like these these caverns, these tunnels, these these passageways through Earth. Not as if Earth is hollow, exactly, but just that there are these spaces. And and <laughs> the other thing we could add to that, the crazy side of this that they don't go into is well, this is kind of different, but it's like the expanding Earth theory. Have you ever heard of that one? <laughs> Uh, it sounds familiar, but yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah, it was when I covered it. was like a, a pseudoscience lecture in one of my geography classes. Oh, really? But anyway, I won't get into it. It's really, really <laughs> dumb. But basically premises that Earth is expanding. Mm. Anyways. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, I really, yeah, because there were so many really cool moments. Do you want to get into some of the creatures? Let's do it. That we encountered? Definitely. there's a few. And I, so the first one that they actually encounter doesn't appear to be deadly by any means like they well there was a few right so they break off they've got the two groups going on basically the military unit and then the civilian unit with mason weaver the photographer the survivalist guy and a few others including mm-hmm. john c Riley. once right. they leave yes but so essentially okay so i i liked that scene i didn't like it it really annoyed me but i liked what it portrayed about the character of uh packard like colonel packard yeah because he they were just wading through the swamp they're very vulnerable at that particular moment right who knows what the hell's around them bold walking through that swamp very bold and he's the one that's up on high ground he manages to spot in his scope one of these like uh pterodactyl looking bird things that's super ugly yeah and just because he can, decides to just shoot the thing. He's like, that's an ugly fucking bird or whatever he says. Yeah. And then shoots it only to realize that there's an entire flock of them in the tree, which we later realize can actually be quite deadly when they're working together. So that was kind of, I, I just, uh, and throughout this movie, you get that all the time, right? With him and just being senselessly violent and f- just because he's just been trained that way or whatever, you know Well, what it's mean? partly that and then it's partly like just like the human manifest destiny type thing, True. right? Like he makes the comment when, you know, later on, like it's time, like Man time to show. Yeah, exactly, yeah. right? Um, and yeah. isn't that just a... You are not king, Samuel. Sorry. Or Packer. <laughs> you or you pronounce his name so funny. It's like Samuel. he's French. <laughs> <laughs> I like saying Samuel L. Jackson. There's the two L's in there. You gotta get them both. Yeah, you gotta enunciate both. You do. Absolutely. Okay, so there was, yeah, so there was some really freaky birds and the they birds. look up and they're like, this place is hell. There was that water buffalo scene too that was quite yeah. peaceful. I really like that because then you get the reverse, right? So there's the one military guy that's with the civilians and he's quite young, very afraid, obviously. And he's the one that's screaming out saying well, are we are we not going to talk about this like what the hell just happened all yeah. this stuff and then they accor- like they encounter this massive like water buffalo like thing with huge antlers it's kind of like a woolly mammoth sort of i don't even know yeah i mean it's like yeah it's pretty un- cool i don't know what the name of it was very but peaceful very peaceful and then the naturalist slash survivalist guy he was like he basically diffuses the situation too which is great yeah this is actually before they meet up with uh, the World War II guy. Hey? Yeah, yeah, just, yeah. just so before. really early. Okay. Yeah. And let's get into a few others, though. There was the... Mother Long Legs. Mother Long Legs. Which was a great oh. scene. You know, oh um, goodness, if yeah. there was... Yeah, yeah, awesome scene. So, like, yeah, so the other team, so the, uh, the majority of Packard's group are... And uh, Goodman's character and everybody, they're going through this, like, bamboo grove. 
and one of the guys, and of course, there's always these characters that like aren't important that are all yeah. of a sudden are just there. It's like, I didn't even know you were there, buddy. And we don't know no. what your name is, but you just got spiked in the face by the foot of a spider. So, okay, whatever. You're gone. It's all good. So <laughs> that happens a lot. Yeah. It happens a lot. Somebody, yeah, totally. Somebody gets freaking covered in napalm and burned. It's like, who's that guy? Yeah, right, who was that guy? Hmm. It's all good. But mm-hmm. um, Mother Longlegs, what do you think of that? We read this uh, one interpretation of it that was like, Mother Longlegs was standing over 20 feet tall. And I'm just like head in hand, like John Cleese from Life of Brian, because that thing in the movie was like over 65 plus feet tall. I'd say like, around, yeah, the 60 foot mark at least. At least, at mm-hmm. least. And it's this crazy, gnarly, badass crab combination yeah. thing with these tentacles that it can shoot out and it starts hauling up and I'm going to get the name. <laughs> What's his name here? Uh, uh, it wasn't Chaplin, but it was no, someone else. No, no, Chaplin was by himself. Exactly. Uh, um, no, but that was, yeah. This So it has basically two more appendages that are like pincer-like things. So it's like a crab. It's like a spider. I don't even know. And then we get the other illusion, right, from John C. Riley's character where he says like, um, look out for ants. You, you think that's a bird calling in the distance? Nah, that's yeah. an ant, a big ass ant. We never get to see them though. No, yeah. I was kind of confused. I thought maybe the first time we watched it, maybe Mother Longlegs was the ant, but no, it's clearly a spider. Yeah, of course. Yeah, de- yeah. Definitely different there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you, you know, it makes you wonder how many more of those things are out there. And oh. it's like... Yeah. Oh, I know, right? It's all these endemic species seemingly. Of course. Which is interesting because we did actually go back and watch the other king kong right so the one with jack black and right. uh adrian, oh, brody. adrian brody can't remember the name of the girl was it naomi watts naomi watts that's yeah. it yeah and they go to the island and on that particular version it's dinosaurs and like you know like known yeah. species of dinosaurs like jurassic world kind of thing is kind of yeah. how they portrayed it i like this version a lot better yeah definitely they did i i agree the endemic species angle mm-hmm. is way more effective and kind of leads on to the whole like the muto so the the massive unidentified, unidentified terrestrial organisms right they do they do kind of make a bit of a throwback to maybe that one though that first kong because in the scene where they're trekking through the graveyard like kong's parents and john c Riley's like we have a saying around here east is be- East is best, West is worst. But they end up going there anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and and uh, Packard's like, you know, set up the fifty, and they do it on the on the skull of a triceratops, oh, which in, which yeah. to, which is kind of cool because it's like that reminds me of like our um, Wrangle Island episode on Patreon, where it's like, right. yeah, it's um, endemic species that are different than anything else in the world but it was also maybe a last refuge of things surviving much 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 longer just like Wrangell Island was where there was woolly mammoths that survived what was it up until the six like 1600 BC with mm-hmm. you know bronze age peoples chilling yeah yeah that was pretty cool so yeah I really like that we should talk or touch at least on those skull crawlers too hey oh of course those were pretty badass rep and of course it's uh it reminds me of it kind of it just reminded me of kryptonaut too like when he has that name skull crawlers and they're reptiles he's like these giant lizard things because of uh the jokes they always make about like the hollow earth reptilians like the reptilian oh, yeah, ov- yeah. overlords crawling up from the hollow earth to take over the world uh, that's kind of what they were a play on right they were mm-hmm. hollow earth reptiles yeah coming up from the depths yeah 
Ugh, and the big one. <laughs> That's the big one. <laughs> what was it called? Like the Skull King or something like that? It had a special yeah. name when we actually ended up looking these things up on right. uh, the kaiju and the monster verse and fandom and all that kind of thing. Which is so cool. Yeah, There's very, so very cool. many monsters. So many monsters. And K- Kong is a part of this. It's the kaiju. This is a Japanese word that literally means strange beast. Um, the kaiju is like, you actually were the one that first brought this up. And so I kind of looked into it a little bit more. And it it basically can refer to any sort of weird creature, but mostly associated with this genre of like the Japanese cinema involving specific giant monsters and things like that. Love it. Yeah. So the King Kong or the Kingu Kongu of the Monsterverse is also dubbed Titanus Kong. And yeah, it's this giant ape. Um, This is kind of funny because the bio here says it was created by legendary pictures and first appeared in 2017 MonsterVerse film Kong Skull Island (laughs) when it has a lot much longer cinematic history. It actually first appeared in 1933. It was an RKO radio pictures film called King Kong. Cool. And then there was another one done in 1962. It was actually a Godzilla film and it was called King Kong versus Godzilla, which we have to get set for for 2020. What, what? Oh man, sometimes I don't I don't get excited for like versus movies, but I, I actually am, don't like it either. But, but I but I am still really excited for it because it's going to be sweet. It is going to be really. And cool. obviously, it's like yeah, you, you got to end up picking a side. But it's like, of course, if the world is covered in giant titans, like they're going to have some squabbles now and again. So it's to be expected. We're going to get a versus yeah. at the movie. It's only natural, more natural than say Superman versus Batman. But anyway, I'm not even going to touch on that. <laughs> Do you even want to speculate on the like on the uh, like for, as a it's it's a fun it's a fun question to ask like in a head because John C. Riley's character Hank makes that comment too. He's like Kong is not fully grown, and that's what they're teeing up for this 2020 release, right? Yeah. Because uh, they're making they're basically implying that he's an adolescent. His parents are gone. He's basically like a he's a teenager. He's like a 13 year old. When he's fighting the skull crawler mm-hmm. king and yeah. crushing it into the ground mm-hmm. and tearing out its guts. Yeah, that was so, so epic. How much bigger season. is it going to be to fight Godzilla? Because we just watched Godzilla King of the Monsters and Godzilla is a lot bigger than yeah. Kong was in this movie. That's going to be a tough battle. Yeah. But anyway. it's all it's all up to these MUTOs, which I, I really love this, this acronym, the Massive Unidentified Terrestrial Organisms. And there's so many of them, right? Like even in the latest Godzilla movie that we just saw, we get Mothra, we get, uh, what was the name? Uh, King, King Ghidorah King or something Ghidorah, like the, that. Ro- the Rodan. The Rodan. The flaming bird. Yeah. Um, Shinomura. That's in Godzilla Awakening comic. <laughs> yeah. You know, there was another creature in Kong Skull Island we forgot to, to mention too. Um, oh. Just before Chaplin gets killed, he's sitting on that log. That turns into that ends up being oh, this really yeah. massive insect like creature that's very bug. that's very peaceful, right? And um, a sticky buggy. And that kind of got like, that kind of got me thinking. It was like, what what do you think would be the most likely to actually exist out of that movie? Because we also see a kraken like squid, giant squid creature yeah, yeah. that tries to take down Kong. Which of course there were many stories of well before the kaiju multiverse and stories of uh, other gigantic monsters were prolifer- proliferating fiction. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I think maybe the Kraken and that giant bug thing hiding somewhere. The log bug. Yeah. Which, mm-hmm. which biologists and like, what would it be like entomologists or etymologists or whatever for study bugs or something? Yeah. Can't remember. Uh, would say that like the exoskeleton would be able to support it and yada, yada, yada. <coughs> but you never know. <coughs> Excuse me. Excuse you. I think, honestly, that water buffalo thing is most likely. 
At that size? Yeah. Those things used to be massive. It was the megafauna era. No, I'm talking like, like still today. I'm talking still? Like yeah. Just chilling somewhere. Well, I don't know. I guess I, guess I could, could agree with the Kraken thing too. I suppose it's possible. We never know. Those birds You want me too. to bring up, you want me to bring up pretty, my classic wood bison story? It's all pretty ugly. <laughs> if you want to believe that, what was that crazy like viral video that was going around? It was like some dude in Brazil or something. He had like, it looked oh, like the yeah. thing of a Stranger Things. It was wall. like this weird alien moth it was like a moth thing. with tentacles. Yeah. Four tentacles that were pulsating. I think it was honestly just a, a trick of um, I think it was like ed- digital edited. editing. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, d- I don't want it to be, though. I want it to be a real thing. <laughs> it's pretty sweet. Okay. Well, I want to get into an alternate ending that was oh, yeah. really, really interesting that we right. just watched last night. Was there any other like moments you wanted to bring up, though, or any sort of themes? Well, I don't know. Or- um, um, well, yeah, we should mention a couple of the other things that we said we would, like the other um, classic Kong themes. So when he's fighting the skull, the, the skull king, he mm-hmm. gets chucked into this old wreck of a ship and caught up in all the chains. So yeah. there's this classic trope of him breaking through the chains, right? Oh, like totally. just like the classic King Kong. And then, of course, everybody predicted predicted this right from the beginning of this movie. If you've watched it, obviously, which, of course, I hope you have the girl. He mm-hmm. makes a connection with Mason Weaver and saves yeah. her in the, the end. Sympathetic the sympathetic The classic woman in the hand of Yeah, Kong. exactly. He saves her from the depths. She, yeah, that's a very special moment. I yeah. like that one a lot. Mm-hmm. I thought it was even more, um, I, it was more subtle and more well played than I think the other King Kong, the, the earlier one uh, with uh, Naomi Watts, even though she did do a pretty good job with that one too. And she was kind of comical too. Like there's scenes in that movie where she's basically chilling with Kong in his little cave and she's entertaining him, juggling and, mm-hmm. you know, trying to make him laugh when he's all sad. And it's kind of cute, but we didn't even watch the last half of that movie because well, we, we know like, what happens. Well, and it's we just knew. Like, yeah, exactly. And I was just like, you know what? I'm don't even, they shouldn't have even gone back to New York, but anyways, I'm not no. even going to go there. Well, they, they just followed the classic narrative, right? Ed, but, but it's like, there's no, is it a climax when you know he's toppling off the top of that building? Like it's, it's been, it was the same in the 1930s and same in 67. I think they redid it same in whatever, right? Like mm-hmm. that's not a climax. The climax was the island, which is what we get in this, this Kong movie, which Very is why true. this movie is so badass. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So then I love how they left it with this um, additional ending, I guess you could say, because this isn't in the Netflix version that we watched. No, we had to not. look this up on YouTube. Yeah. And it's really cool. So essentially what happens is um, Mason Weaver and, oh, what's his name again? The, the survivor. Oh, Hendelson, Conrad. Conrad. So they obviously make it back. So does, uh, oh my gosh, what's his name? Hank? This World War II survivor yeah, makes Hank. it back. It's his hot dog, his beer, gets to rejoin his wife and his grown kid, which is really like satisfying and mm-hmm. really awesome. But it ends on a more sinister note where essentially once they escape, um, Conrad and Weaver are brought to this monarch facility where they're kind of held hostage a little bit, it seemingly. Yep. And then eventually Brooks comes in and shows them this like sort of montage of, of a series of photos that are depicting ancient paintings, cave art of all these different uh uh, like mutos, these unidentified organisms. And then he kind of leads off by saying Kong is not the only king, which is really cool. Yeah. And you know what's really weird? This is a total random side note, but that Brooks guy last night, because we watched that little clip last night, but we also watched some Stranger Things. And I had this this dream where Brooks, it was that exact same scene that we saw, but he was turned into one of the Stranger Things people. <laughs> 
And so he was like a, not a robot, but he was one of the, what did they call it when the, the darkness takes over them? Anyways. And it was so weird. I just had this reappear in my head. So I had to share that with you. Love it. Very Makes me strange. want to go watch Stranger Things. Maybe we should cover that on the Let's show. Once people it. have all had a chance to watch the season, because uh, mm-hmm. I'm sure a lot of you already like plowed through it. Probably, just like in yeah. one night, just chain watched it. We're trying to space it out a little bit. Trying. Trying. Yeah. It's hard. Anyway, I mean that pretty much wraps it up, and it's and again, like you, you like we, you just gave the ending, that alternate ending there, and like for us, it's all twisted around because we saw King of the Monsters and then discovered <laughs> Kong Skull Island twenty seventeen, and that would have been so cool to, for us to have watched it in theaters and like got that lead up to yeah. Godzilla. But I'm yeah. just I'm super hyped for twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. I want more monster movies. I hope they keep them coming. I hope Monarch is around yes. for a long, long time. Me too. Very, very cool. Yeah. Totally. Um, well, let us know what you guys thought of this movie. If yeah. you had a chance to see it, um, yeah, just drop us a line at into the portal mailbox at gmail.com. We're always active on our socials. Come hit us up. Come chat on the, the Facebook room. Definitely, uh, yes. Yeah. Um, so we have our Facebook discussion forum for Into the Portal, and then we also have the Strange Room discussion forum for Straight Up Strange Productions, which is uh, the network that we're a part of. So yeah, check that out, straightupstrange.com. There's tons of good shows, good shows, great, amazing shows on there. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's just going really well. So you guys should definitely check it out it's really fun yeah we just added another one to the lineup yeah we did all things dreams so totally unique for what we have uh everyone is is covering other things and that's really really cool so anyway yeah thank thank you guys so much for listening to this monster Mm -hmm. episode of uh, film friday and uh thank you all for listening to into the portal Uh, until next time your gateway to the bizarre Discover more shows like this one at straightupstrange.com.